1: Round one in the books, round one, done, done. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit, P-O-D cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride to Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. We're getting right into it. I'm Chris Perfett, your adequate host here with Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader, and Mansoor Shaheen. Uh, No witty nickname for him, and he doesn't get the drop to play because it's not the main podcast. This is a 20-minute recap podcast of night one of the NFL draft from Nashville Tennessee Tennessee the only place in America the music city the only place in America that is allowed to produce music it says (laughs) so itself that was the sin of Lil Nas X he just didn't make Old Town Road in in Nashville that's all apparently those chuds anyway we're not here to talk about the music we're here to talk about the football and the Lions are Detroit Lions have picked from Iowa TJ Hawkinson number eight overall Tight end from the University of Iowa. And reactions are already mixed, and we're gonna get into I think both the highs and the lows of it. It is a pick that is dividing quite a few Lions fans, mostly because this is the now the third tight end picked first first, first round and by the Lions. And you know, I would say what what, what is it, Jeremy? 10 years, has, since two thousand nine. Yep, since two thousand nine in the high Pettigrew. Yep. Pettigrew, Ebron, Ebron, and now
2: T.J. Jackson.
1: And it's also the highest tight end the Lions have taken since 2006, Vernon Davis, I believe.
0: Yeah, and any team is Davis. Any team. Yeah, Davis was a Niners.
1: I I misspoke. Thank you. Wow. Adequacy already starting off the show, going right into it. So there is a lot of division on this, but we're going to get to both sides of it. But First, I've got to, uh, we've got to roll out the carpet here for Mansour. We've got to <laughs> applaud the boy. we got to yeah. applaud the boy in because you've had since. When did you write this? The Lions should draft TJ Hawkinson. Oh, you wrote that literally today.
0: So I wrote, I wrote that like a month ago. It's true. He, it's been P- P- sitting in the hopper for a while. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. It just was, just so, <laughs> it's why that one's so much more different than the other ones because one that one's just been sitting around for that long. But yeah, I've wanted Hawkinson for a while, ever since Greedy Williams kind of fell off planet Earth. I was like, all right, well we need a tight end. We need a cornerback. I we also need an edge, but none of the edges look like Lions edges. Like I don't think I never thought Brian Burns was gonna be a guy the Lions picked. So I was like, all right, Hawkinson, safe pick. He does everything you'd ever want. I like him. We'll I'll stand for him. And it worked out. Do
1: you so that calculus didn't even change for you when the Lions went and got Jesse James?
0: So at first it did, but then I really went, I did like a deep dive into Jesse James's film, and he's not that good. And he's not like he's bad, but he's like, I, he's not good enough to be a tight end one on a team yeah. that you want to win the Super Bowl. And we need I, that if we want to win the Super Bowl. So Hawkinson.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, but I think once again, there, there's, so there's like a little bit of that with a tight end, right, Jeremy? It's the history of the fact the Lions have taken a bunch of high, high end tight ends and they haven't worked for them. And the fact that I think some fans would see taking offense as a bit of a luxury when once again, now this is year three without drafting a defensive end or an edge rusher of some kind, probably longer than that actually now, but like we've known that was kind of the need for a long time. But as people say, best player available over need and the lions apparently thought TJ Hawkinson was the best player available.
2: Well, I'm not sure I I necessarily agree with that. I think tight end was a top three need on this team. I don't think defensive line is a top five need on this team right now, especially after, well, yeah, after they went and got Trey Flowers. I mean, you can't have too many edge rushers. I agree with that, but they have a pretty solid squad as it is right now. And I think maybe going defensive end, that could be considered a luxury pick. Although there were definitely a lot of top talents in in this year's draft class. Josh Allen almost end. fell
1: to the Lions. He
2: almost he fell to with the Lions. That
1: almost within biting distance. Together.
2: But but let me let me talk on Hawkinson a little bit because as a prospect, I don't have any problems with this pick. I think Hawkinson is just the kind of guy they're looking for in a tight end. Um, I think he, he is that two-way tight end where he can be an in-line guy, block like the Lions wanted him to block. And as Matt Patricia told some of the fans tonight, um... You know, he can put people on their ass on the, on the sideline if he wants to. Or he can go out there and and kind of be twitchy there and and, and run good routes out there and be a, a legitimate receiving option. Um so in terms of like the kind of prospect that you're getting, the Lions got the t- top tight end in this draft class, no question. I think he sets himself apart from pretty much everyone else in this draft class, including his teammate Noah Font. But there are some very criticisms, yes, there, there are a lot of criticisms of this pick and, and some of them, I think, are worthy of, of discussion and I, I think it kind of goes into three different camps. The first one is that there are better players available. I made the argument on, on Thursday morning, Ed Oliver was my guy. Ed Oliver was there at number eight. Obviously, he was good value there at number eight because he went the next pick for the Buffalo Bills. Um, Brian Burns
1: made, was there too. He was. Brian,
2: yeah, draft. But I'm kind of with Mansoor that I don't think he was the perfect fit in this defense. I, yeah. I, I do think he was more pure pass rusher and and the Lions love versatility and I don't think Brian Burns brings that. Um, the one thing I'll say about Hawkinson over Oliver is I think you're going to get more first year production out of TJ Hawkinson. Because Ed Oliver doesn't have a clear starting role in, in this defense the way it's currently set up because like I was saying Lions defensive line is kind of good right now. Um, Hawkinson going to be a, a day one starter. Um, him and Jesse James are going to be one A one B, getting t- and, and as uh, Bob Quinn was saying on Thursday night, this is a three down four down guy. He's gonna he he could potentially play 90 percent of the snaps if if they need him to, and I think that's the I plan mean, down the line.
1: I would say too, like having Jesse James and Hawkinson, they're both good enough. You could pr- run a two tight end set, something oh. the Lions have thought about doing for a while and just haven't been able to with the personnel.
2: And they absolutely will. We're going to see, you know, maybe them both in line on, on, you know, goal line downs. And maybe we'll see one in line, one, you know, stretched out in the slot. We're going to see a lot of versatility there and, and it will be, you know, kind of a, a nightmare matchup for some defenses. Um, criticism number two. And, uh, this is one that is more speculative than fact. And that's, Oh, baby the line should have traded down. And we do know based on reports that they had offers. Bob Quinn even said tonight that, that there were conversations to be had, but the question is what were the deals? How far should they trade down? All these things we don't know, you know, in my ideal scenario, I would have loved to see them trade down to 11 with the Bengals. Um, because the Packers are, are one of those teams that, that, that do have Hawkinson on their board. Um, a lot of people had him sliding there. If the Lions could have somehow made it to 11 and still gotten Hawkinson ideal scenario. But I think the more likely thing is that a team like the Steelers, which did jump up from what, 20 to 10, mm-hmm. uh, maybe they were on the phone. They really wanted Devin Bush. It was very clear from, from the beginning of the day that Devin Bush was high on their list. They went out and got him, but now you're talking about the Lions sitting at 20 where, Ironically, Noah Fant went. So, would you take Noah Fant a second round and a third, and next year's third? I think is is what the Steelers traded. Yeah, it was like yeah. it was like
0: nothing. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's would, that's something I noticed too. Because I think was it the did the Broncos trade back as well? Broncos. Yeah, they was, they was the they same were the, trade, same trade. Yeah, same trade. Right, like that. That's kind of what I was shocked, is that the Broncos by moving back did not get that much. We have always. We've been told the past year or so, like, trading up to, like, top 10, you're going to have to give up quite a haul, like, you know. In the past, teams have gotten first-round picks
2: for things like that. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly, and I did not just, whatever the Steelers were all, like, the Steelers did not have to give up much to move up, so I'm kind of curious how rich those trades were, and if that was to move up to 10, I I don't see how much much number 8 is suddenly, like, a lion's share richer.
2: Right, it probably wasn't. So, I mean, the Lions would probably have to take a deal that they're not thrilled about, move down, and miss out on you know the next 10 prospects on their board. Is that worth it? I don't know. It, it's a hard decision. I'm always a fan of trading down, so I would still very much consider it. Trade but, down. Yeah, exactly. All right, <laughs> last, last criticism right. of this pick, and this is the one that I think has the most validity, and it's something that I'm actually going to be writing about for Friday. Is a tight end worth a top 10 pick? Period. I don't know. Because if you look at the way that the NFL values them in terms of contracts, it's one of the the lowest contract position, uh, lowest earning contract position in the NFL. The only one that's lower might surprise you amongst the top 10 in each position running back. Running back. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, in terms of, of salaries, it's clear a lot of NFL teams don't view tight end is one of the most valuable positions. So taking one with your eighth overall pick, maybe not a good value pick. Um, Also in terms of uh, approximate value, which pro football reference uh, creates uh, tight ends are actually the lowest position in the NFL, according to the top 10 players at each position. So that's, that's a little bit of a tough pill to swallow, but I do think tight end is going to be more valuable to a team like the Lions than most other teams. And and it certainly was one of this team's biggest needs. So overall, I'm fine with it. It's just not something that blows me away. Like An, Ed, an Oliver pick would have blown me away just because I think that guy's ceiling is so much higher than TJ Hawkinson's.
1: Well, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> don't have... <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's can, just don't. Yeah, go go on, monster. Right. I'm I'm collecting my thoughts.
0: Oh, I have yeah, I have kind of response to all three of the things Jeremy said. So, um, the first thing with like the best pair of player available. So yeah, if Lions went straight BPA at eight. Ed Oliver is probably the pick, but mm-hmm. kind of what Jeremy said, like we have enough defensive tackles. Even the big edge we signed, Trey Flowers, he plays a lot of three tech, like. Oliver would only be on the field for 30% of snaps. And if we're a team who wants to make noise this year, we probably need to do more. We need more from our first round pick. We want our first round pick on the field, at least like 70, 80% of snaps. Um, What was the second thing you said? I'm blanked. Uh, That's why we can't
2: do multi Trade down.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Trading down. That's, um, so like in my opinion, at least there were like five prospects that were just so far beyond everyone else. It was, Oliver, Hawkinson, Bosa, Quinnen, and um, Josh Allen. Not in that order, but like just those five. Yeah. So you trade down, you pick at 15 or 12 or 20 or wherever, you now miss out on all five of those guys. Yeah. Sure, you get another guy in the third round that's probably never going to make an impact in the NFL, but you miss out on this elite prospect. One elite player is better than one pretty good player and one guy who's going to play special teams one day. Like <laughs> Value-wise, you want the... You always like trading down. If if it's like last year where the Packers like kind of robbed the Saints to get uh, that defensive end from UTSA, whose name I don't remember, then you trade down that situation. But the Lions trading down, you miss out on the elite prospects. Don't do that.
2: Yeah, and then your final have point on about Devin
0: Bush too. A lot of people yeah. like Devin Bush, but yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead. Sorry. And then your final point about tight ends not being worth it. So I think yeah, tight end is definitely one of the like least valuable positions on offense. Other than like running back, but also I think the reason why like tight ends don't get paid too well is because there aren't a lot of good tight ends in the NFL. Like, other sure. than Ertz, Kelsey, Gronk's gone to so Ertz, Kelsey, who's the other one? Kittle. Is that it for good like tight ends in the Graham, NFL? Graham, maybe I mean, Evan I Ingram, maybe Ingram, maybe. Yo, Evron, he's good. <laughs> take, oh, 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 oh. We with the whole podcast without saying his name hey hey yep. yep that guy's pretty good. Jimmy Graham's good, but like getting a good tight end, the n f l is so hard, and hopefully we have one now, and that's like at max, ten teams might have a good tight end, so even though it's not a position that gets paid well, like I think Jeremy even says the p f f grades for them suck, and it's because like not because the position because the players are just bad. It's just a position that's in a really bad place. Last year, when you guys were doing your top ten list, you guys were putting players who like had torn ACLs. Okay, okay. Someone, someone put a thirty-five year old. I <laughs> forgot who it was. But like one of you put like the Saints backup tight end, and it's that's that's just where the position is in the NFL right now. But yeah. having an elite one can win you a Super Bowl, as we've seen with the Patriots. But getting an elite one so hard because getting like an average one is just hard.
1: And and I mean, if Hawkinson is elite, isn't that like a major boon to? and I will keep banging this drum, what made Stafford great in 2016? He was on the money, but more importantly, he had an interior receiving threats, especially with Anquan Bolden. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, like we, we know that when he has those options and he's in a system that promotes those options, I don't know if that'll be the same system with the new offensive coordinator, but he does very well on those kind of, you know, passing to those short routes. And that's what a tight end is there for when he's a receiving threat.
2: Absolutely. I mean and, Stafford loves yeah. himself a security blanket in the red zone and in third downs. And it was uh Anquan Bolden that year. After that, it was kind of golden tape for the rest of the way. Now both those guys are gone. And and yeah, I do think TJ Hawkinson could be that guy. Bob Quinn absolutely thinks he could be that guy. He mentioned it several times in his press conference that you know he's gonna be a red zone sorry. He's gonna be a third down threat. And and yeah, that 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 threat over the middle with a guy that isn't afraid to catch over the middle and you know one drop last year so in, in case you want to compare him to other tight ends the Lions oh, used to have oh. not <laughs> hands not too much it's of an cursing issue with CJ Hackinson uh, him. and, cursing and, and him yeah.
1: like he cursed himself
2: he could also block yes and that that's the other thing that definitely separates him from Ebron. Brown let's let's just say his name we we've only said it twice so he's not going to show up and and tweet ebron. Me eggplant emojis i
0: i said he was good so if he's mad like there's no reason he, to be he actually he actually had lions
1: fans come into him about this and he even said you know hey maybe this will get you know, someone was like maybe this will get their mention you know your name stop being mentioned in times like yeah good hope he does well
0: i like ebron <laughs> yeah he's back on right, back now. on topic i guess um <laughs> Here's the one but thing I mean, I like
1: that—that that is a shadow that's going to continue to follow him. Because again, like for good or for ill, like, <laughs> and it can really double down on him fast. Because if he—if it goes south, then not only will he be compared, you know, have to wear that the the goat bell of other highly drafted Detroit Lions tight ends, but it also be okay. Maybe is he better than Eric Ebron? But I digress. Yeah. I'll let I'll let Jeremy get back to his
2: point. Well, I just wanted to have one one kind of over-encompassing point, and, and this has more to do with Bob Quinn than it does TJ Hawkinson, and it's just that this is now kind of a recurring theme of his first-round picks is that he just really likes these high-floor, in my opinion, low-ceiling guys that are just very safe picks.
1: He seems Frank to now more was, in, that, yeah, in that offensive line as
2: well, too. Yeah, I mean, all, all these guys are just guys who do their job really well. They're high-character guys. They're guys that don't have a lot of questions about their technique or their trans, translation to, to the NFL game. They, they kind of play in systems that they're, they're familiar with. Like When you think of, about a guy like Deshaun Han or A'shaun Robinson, guys that they've drafted, they fit right into the schemes that they currently play in and, and makes a lot of sense. And so you get a guy like TJ Hawkinson, who's played in a pro-style offense his entire er, college career, you know, his transition is, is going to be a lot easier into the NFL as opposed to some of these other tight ends um, that, that you know, either came from s- small schools or or spread offenses or things like that. Hawkinson is just like a really s- nice, s- easy pick, but it's just not sexy. Like, it's not sexy like an Ed Oliver pick would be where, you know, Ed Oliver is a risk. He's undersized. He's coming from a small school. He didn't quite dominate the, the competition as you'd expect someone like he does. but that athletic upside, and, and some of the things that he does on tape, things like, oh, this could be a Hall of Famer. And I just don't get that feeling from T.J. Hackinson. You're just like, think I might make a Pro Bowl or two. He just okay. looks dorky. I think that might be the the next well, he's big thing. from
1: like, Iowa. You're saying all people from
0: Iowa are dorky? <laughs> Probably. Wow. Get a load of this guy over here, folks. The, the, coast, the Coastal Elites? Oh No, me and Chris are the Coastal Elites. Jeremy's in the Midwest. I mean, Jeremy
1: went to Michigan. He's kind of... <laughs> That, that I'm a
0: midwestern, elite. Have, midwestern no, that elite.
1: is a coastal league because at some point in your life you will end up back in California or Florida.
2: You don't know me.
0: I'd say that I'm um, from Michigan. The mold that Jeremy just set for old Bob Quinn's picks, Hawkinson definitely fits into it. But thinking back on past yeah. Bob Quinn picks, I think Jared Davis is a player that doesn't at all fit it. Just comes to mind. Really athletic, mm-hmm. but he couldn't tackle for shit and had no play instincts, and he—that's still a problem. Sure, well, I mean, but, and again, he yeah.
2: also had like, you know, the fact that he, you know, he's a, he's a tape monster, you know, he's high character guy who, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, oh God, here, ev- we go. everything uh, Ray Lewis in the locker room. Right. Right. Just, I don't know. These, these guys that Are we that sure about dream football in, in their DNA, but you know, the, I, I guess there were definitely more red flags with, with Jared Davis than maybe some of the other guys. All
1: right, and now I want to devote the last five minutes of this here, if we can, talking about what's probably going to happen coming up on here Saturday, because as I was alluding to, uh, there's, this isn't the only pick the Lions are going to have, and I still think there could be some good defensive talent coming in that second round, and also other needs start to open up as well, uh, especially as we get into more interesting things. So, Jeremy, I want you to tell me why the Lions are going to draft a quarterback
2: in the second round. Uh, I'm just gonna pretend that I misheard you, and you said cornerback because cornerback does not make a lot of sense <laughs> in the second round. There was only one taken in the first round, DeAndre Baker, who I don't even think was a great fit for the Lions in in that first round. Um, def- or definitely not in the first round, and I, I wouldn't have wanted DeAndre Be- Baker in the second. But um, you know, basically, they they have their pick of the litter, and and with the 11th pick in the second round, they might have to to be a little aggressive if they want to, if they have a guy in mind and this, this extra day in between the, the first round and the second round kind of give teams that opportunity to to think it over a little more. But yeah, I, I think cornerback is definitely one of the, the hotter positions here in, in the second round. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the lines maybe even get aggressive and, and trade up like they did for a uh, carry on last year. Trade up. Mansour, your take on the
1: second round.
0: Yeah, so there's a surprising, like, surprisingly a lot of, like, talent in the second round just available for us, and we're, like, guaranteed to get a good player, even if we don't trade up or anything. And I think it's because, like, there were just five players so much better than everyone else, so everyone else is just the same. Like, everyone else, like, picks six through 90 are the same skill level. So, like, we're guaranteed at least someone of, like, Nassar, Adelie, or Chauncey, Gardner, Johnson. They're both safeties, great coverage range, can kind of fill the Glover-Quinn role, um, like, Chris, you talk about, like, Anquan Bolden, how great he was for Stafford. The old Miss receiver, A.J. Brown, right? That's his name? A.J. Brown, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's um he's kind of similar. Big body guy. He can play inside. Good, uh, good catch radius. All that stuff. Uh, DK Metcalf is obviously, like, I feel like that would be a bit of a luxury pick because apparently he can't separate because his hips are stiff. But he would be an incredible addition. 3D Williams is still there. Um, Armani... I can't say his last name, but the Armani Oruarie, corner. yeah, Armani Oruarie, who I know Kent is in love with, and even was considering taking him at like eight. If he was like he said, like he would be fine with Armani at eight. Yeah, so too. he must end Reno, so he must be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we could also go offense again with um, the Texas A&M guard Eric McCoy, mm-hmm. who could probably fill our biggest need or our biggest need on offense right there. So we're we're gonna land one of those players no matter what. And we could even trade up and get aggressive because if like, if for moving from pick 11, the second round to like pick four, we might have to give up what, like a fourth rounder or something. I'm entirely fine with that. I wish yeah. we would have done that to get to pick 32 for the fifth year option, but it is what it is.
2: Yeah. I was, I was kind of waiting at the very end of that. It's like, okay, it's the Patriots. The Lions like to trade with the Patriots.
0: Are they going to do it?
2: They have all these yeah. sixth and seventh round picks. Might as well use them to trade up. Like I Part of it is because I don't like sitting around on day three just waiting for <laughs> picks that I barely know to, to be yeah. made. So the, if the lines trade all those away so that I can rest easy on Sunday afternoon, that'd be great. But at, at the same time, like, why not use that to move up a little bit and make sure you get the guy that you want? Even though, like you said, th- there there's so many options here. Along the offensive line, like you said, addressing a guard need with, with like an Eric McCoy or Greg Little. or And then cornerback is just like bumping. Like I. I'm, I'm looking at, at Alex Reno's top, top remaining players on, on day two. I will take any of the top five quarterback, cornerbacks r- remaining. Amani Oruwari, Greedy Williams, Byron Murphy, Justin Lane, David Long. Give me any of those guys. And maybe, maybe because it's so deep, maybe the lines do sit back and kind of rest on their laurels there at 11th overall and, and just wait for one of those guys to fall. But if there's one of those guys that really sticks out to them, I have no problem with them jumping and getting them.
1: All right, we're gonna leave it there. We will be back here later in the weekend, so we're gonna try to get out some preview podcasts. We're gonna be very busy here. We're gonna get out more preview up, uh, preview podcasts, excuse me, of the of the next rounds of the draft, and then of course, big time Pride of Detroit podcast coming to you, probably out on Monday morning. We'll have to see. You know, this is a big weekend for all of us. Shout out to everyone who came, by the way, to the Pride to Detroit party in. Uh, in Detroit itself, everyone who showed up to B-dubs. Ironically enough, the three people running this show right now, none (laughs) of us were there. (laughs) So that just tells you how good it was. Everyone else was just knocked out cold by, by all the fun times that they had. Catch you around next time. Make sure to subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. I keep calling it iTunes, Apple Podcasts, I guess it is now. Google Play Podcasts. You know where to find us, baby.